And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. Dude, why do we keep doing this shit? Because we're crazy, stupid, and unemployable. Definitely unemployable. That's for damn sure. Uh, we'll explain that soon. But Matt, let's come on. Chin, heads up. Chins okay. up. We did it. We're here. We have a, we have a can-do attitude. We can we do this. We are finishing. This is 52 parts later. You know what? Woo! Woo! Dude. All right. 52 parts. It's crazy. Really the only way. Now, yeah, you know, we're going to, I'm excited for that. Now, dude, I need to let you know before we do any more Ric Flair yelling that today's episode of Startup Hustle is supported by Compiler. And that's an original podcast from Red Hat that discusses tech topics, big and small and strange. Compiler unravels industry topics, trends, and the things you've always wanted to know about tech. They do it through interviews with the people that know it best. And you'll learn more about Compiler at redhat.com. And there's a link in the show notes for that. Sounds like something I should listen to. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And it's, uh, you know, there's a reason that they're advertising and supporting Startup Hustle because that's kind of, we talk about that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, go check them out, see what they have to say. You know, Matt, here we are at the end of 52 parts. We've gotten through this acquisition. We talked about what happens after an acquisition. And then the real, you know, and we were talking in the last episode a little bit about, you know, this is more, this is a little more about the founder afterward. And, you know, why, why do we keep starting startups? Oh man. Does, is this a different know, answer man. depending on, it's a different answer depending on what time of day you ask me, what day you ask me. And then when you ask me in the timeline of, of me. Well, so I've started two companies, you know, and sold two companies plus, plus we have full scale, but the, you know, I sold Stackify last April, so it's been like what nine months or whatever. That's the longest time in my life I've been between like selling a company and starting one. <laughs> so last time, last time around, it was like zero months between the two. So yeah, so you know, I ask myself every day, I say, "What am I? What am I going to do next? What's next?" And I get, I get different ideas about different things. And at the same time, I'm like, oh my God, I have to like start a company and hire people. And uh, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. I I think that when you talk about why we keep starting startups, I, I think that entrepreneurs are just wired that way. You know, like, I mean, as I, it, it was all the way back to Laryl Holt in like episode 10 yeah. or 11 or whatever Yoda. that was. And, you know, Hey, I'm a guy looking for something to do. And, um, I think that that has a lot to do with it. I mean, I've talked to you about, you know, after Ben and, you know, you, I remember you telling me, you're like, I, I, I was 29, just turning 30. And like, I mean, I'm not, I, what am I going to do? Retire? Like, 
I, I think people are better when they're engaged and you feel like you have a purpose for an entrepreneur yeah. or a purpose is business and stuff like well, that. Well, that's the struggle. That's the struggle I have now. Right. So now I'm 40 and it, and it's kind of, and, and I don't work right now. So it's like, what is my purpose? Like, what, what do I do? Right. And as an entrepreneur, as a startup founder, and, and really for anybody, a lot of people, they really, you know, their career and what they do really reflects a lot about themselves and their personality, right? If you're like, oh, I'm a fireman or whatever, like you're a fireman, you're not a human, you're a fireman. Like that's, that defines you. And, and a lot of people, maybe to their own fault, get, get too wrapped up in that. But as entrepreneurs and founders, right, it's, it's like part of who we are and our persona and what we do and all that. To then all of a sudden be like, I don't do anything is hard. It's, it's, it's a different thing. It's hard. Well, I think, I think for some entrepreneurs, um, you know, people are driven and motivated by different things. And in some worlds, you know, like you, you look at, say you have something really big, right? So you get like a unicorn company and, and you're rubbing elbows with all these people and you feel really relevant in the scene and then suddenly sell the company. You're not a part of it. I mean, I think some people keep starting startups and doing things be literally to maintain relevance. Like now some of that is back to the like need to do stuff, but I've seen some people get into stuff and do things when they probably shouldn't, you know, just like, I don't know. I mean, you've also told me along the way, you're like, man, I should have just done nothing. So yeah. it's gone both ways, you know? And I think that, um, uh, yeah, it's funny cause my wife doesn't think that I would ever retire. And I'm like, tr try me. Right. Well, like, uh, you, you can get good at a lot of stuff, but the, the thing is, is I think entrepreneurs are passionate about business. Now, if I was passionate about golf, I might be like, yeah, I just play golf every day, but I'm not passionate about golf. Now, I think let's relate this to the music industry for a minute because I, I know how much you love the music industry. It's one thing to be in a rock band and be on tour all the time, right? And maybe you can make you know some good money doing it if you're a big band and everything. But once you get off tour, you could still write songs. You could still be a producer. You you could still do other things. You could start a music label. You could do other things, right? Like there's other things you can still do without being the guy who's on the road playing the drums for three hours a night or whatever, right? So it's the same thing with being a startup founder. It's like, you know, we can be investors, we can be mentors, we can be on boards. There's, there's other things we can do. We don't have to be the person that's in the daily grind. But for a lot of us, there's something about the daily grind that I think we get sucked into. So to, to I've had that conversation with music industry people like legit rock stars. And um, so there is no feeling that can replace doing that in yeah. front of 15,000 people. And that's, and, and honestly, so for musicians that that's difficult. So like at a startup founder and, and having a company, you've got something that's going on every day. The reason that musicians actually uh, struggle personally a lot is they go from those highs to suddenly it's like, okay, what do I do with myself for yeah. Three, three months or something until they're back out on the road. And, you know, they don't have the structure, they don't have the consistency. And then, you know, but, but once again, it's like, that's back to the relevance thing. Like, Hey, this is what I do. So I want to do it. And I think that that's the main thing for, for entrepreneurs. Now, uh, you know, it's a, I, you know, I'm not a real big fan of this term, but a, a serial entrepreneur is someone who starts and leads one business after another or multiple businesses at the same time. 
um, as I've gotten older, I've, I've, I've gained, I'm, I've continued to gain an appreciation for kind of doing fewer things and doing them better. Um, when I, I actually was advising someone, giving someone some advice the other day, I was helping a, someone prepare a one pager for funding. And it said, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I was like, take that off. No, one, I don't want to invest in the serial entrepreneur. I want to invest in the laser focused guy that wants to take this thing big. I don't want to feel like you're doing 12 other things. Um, but I think that we are wired to do that. I think for me personally, if I saw a big exit, I would definitely be an investor in a lot of stuff. I like, I, I would like, I would like the involvement on that level. The idea of starting something again from day one right now, I mean, honestly, doesn't feel very appealing to me at all. Um, especially knowing like how much of my soul I sold to get to, to you know, just under 250 people at full scale, you know, like just meaning like you look at like, the, we're in the fun part now. Yes, it's absolutely. The, you know, the part up to that, like that, I mean, I, I feel like you're a, it's a glutton for punishment. Yeah. Now, you know, that said, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, there, there's, I don't know. I mean, it really just depends, like, but you are a glutton for it. I mean, I, I'd almost rather be more interested in maybe joining something that was already moving as an I investor agree. and then a principal, but by the way, the thing, the things that suck the most when you start something new, it's, it's all that one-off crap, you know, like it's just, just, I don't know that. I mean, for me, that doesn't sound really appealing at all. So, so you'd, you'd find more interest in joining something already in motion. Yeah. So I think for me, I would be more interested in, in working as a executive at a, a just a high growth company that's an early stage, right? Like they've already gotten off the ground. They see the whole world in front of them. They just need people to come help get them there. Right. Like that's yeah. way easier than to be the person who's trying to get the wheel in motion. Like w- once that wheel is in motion, it's, it's easier to come in. But, you know, I think as entrepreneurs, we're all just wired to kind of be problem solvers. Right. And looking yeah. for opportunities. And, you know, now I, I've been doing a lot of that. I've been thinking about doing a lot of things in the, the crypto space and the web three space, which is all the, the rage now is web three, which is blockchain related stuff. And, trying to figure out I was like is this you know is there something I can do here what do I want to do here and it's been kind of fun I've been playing around with some ideas and um but yeah it's just a it's just a daunting task starting a new business and even the crypto space it's like okay what are the legal ramifications of the type these types of businesses like that's a whole nother unknown and set of problems I, I know one thing if I did something well first off i'd need to do something that i I wouldn't be interested in doing something that didn't have big possibilities so you talked about like the music industry thing and like there's nothing that replaces being on stage in front of an arena full of people well i i mean i don't think i'd be interested in anything that was like like a, a solopreneur kind of thing you know like i don't think that would really entertain me i think that one of the things is for entrepreneurs, you're always like, okay, I can, I can do it bigger. I can do more. I can, you know, like, and I, I've even had conversations recently about that. And someone was in the full scale suite with us at the Elton John show. And this is uh, a very high caliber, uh, old, older gentleman that had done a lot of successful stuff. And he's like, literally like, you know, tinkering with, you know, doing some different stuff. He's like, but I've never built a company and taken it public. And I could kind of tell I was like, it was like an itch that hadn't been scratched yeah. on a ridiculously successful lifetime resume. So I think some of it's like, 
you know, like I see, I see people kind of come in and out of it. I know you have too, like, you know, that you do something and I think it's probably a good idea to take some space. And, you know, one thing, one advice that I've always given anyone that wants to start a business, I'm like, yeah, you need to know that once you got to start it, you got to keep it going. You got to keep it alive. Like, yep. You don't, you don't just get like, so, well, you don't do it impulsively. That's the point. And so like making sure it's something that you're passionate about or that you want to do or whatever is key because you know like if you get bored with it i had a lot of people reach out to me over the pandemic and they had an idea and i was like so is this something that you're just trying to do to fill the space until your normal life comes back and they're like well maybe and i said okay well are you going to feel as passionate about it if life went back to normal tomorrow because if you're not passionate about this new business started you're going to hate it you're not going to want to work at it it's going to be boring and honestly probably going to fail if those are the things that occur yeah absolutely so starting starting a business is hard man and um you know why we do it i, I don't even know but it's <laughs> it's just uh maybe that's the better answer it, it's an itch that just has to be scratched at, at some point so you know I, i'm trying to go through that phase now of just trying to sit back and and you know have some fun try and relax and and not jump right into it but the biggest problem we have, especially as entrepreneurs that have been successful and, and, and had an exit and stuff too, is the amount of risk that we take. A lot of, you know, a lot of people take a lot of risk. They invest in a lot of things. They start other things. And honestly, that, that is probably one of the biggest mistakes that we make um, is we think that to some degree we, we may be a little invincible or I've done this before. I can do it again. And, and you pour a lot of money into things. You started investing money in a lot of other startups, and it's really easy for a lot of that stuff to to go sideways and and fail, and um, it happens a lot. Yeah, and it, you know, that was another comment. I think if I you know I'd want to do something that had had a really high ceiling, but I I would want to do more. I would want I would go out and find other people's money. Yes, to, to kind of avoid like what you were saying. That's like, where I'm you know, at like now. To, well, dude, that's, that's the thing that's been, you know, like, you know, and you mentioned you had exits. Well, I, I owned a highly lucrative business. I had a couple of them. And then, you know, and then, you know, when we started full scale, which went really well, and then we had a pandemic and it just really kind of lengthened the stress and slowed down things. But, you know, I look back at like over the last few years, I was joking earlier, I said, it felt like I sold part of my soul. But like, you know, the thing is, is like, th- that's agonizing you know, for founders. And if you're a founder and you're listening and you know it and you, cause you've done it, I'm the first person that'll say that when I'm talking to another founder, I'm like, Hey, I know what it's like to wake up in the middle of the night and wonder if you're going broke, if you made really bad decisions, or if you just are finally officially crazy, you know? And, and that's the thing is that that takes a toll on other parts of your life, on your body, uh, all of it. And you know that, but I also think that that's what you're cashing in when you, have sold it or you built something that's just pumping out. It's a cash cow. It's a trade-off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so the biggest, the biggest advice I would give uh, people that just cash the big check is to invest most of it in something that's fairly low risk and then take the income that you get from that. And then whatever you want to do with the income of that, let's say you make $500,000 a year off a stock portfolio or whatever, right? Okay, take that 500 grand and do whatever you want with it, but whatever keep that other 
but keep that other nest egg there, right? So if you want to take that 500 grand and invest it in all sorts of dumb ideas, at least every year you get another 500 grand to do dumb stuff with. Don't spend all of your nest egg on the dumb stuff. Just live off of the income of that, you know? That's probably one of the don't, best. Don't don't pawn the mothership. Yeah. Yep. I feel like that's advice that Ice Cube might have given someone at some point. He's <laughs> always talking about the mothership. <laughs> so, you know, Matt, today's episode of Startup Hustle is supported by Compiler. That's an original podcast from Red Hat. And much like ourselves, they spend a lot of time talking about tech topics, big, small, and strange. You know, I recently checked out the uh, How Are Tech Hubs Changing episode. And, you know, there's a lot of really good insight in there. And, uh, you know, similar, the, the approach, the realist approach to life and that things do change, technology changes, you know, Red Hat's uh, and, at, at its core is, uh, is a tech company. And I think that the folks that are, that are putting out the Compiler podcast are helping everyone understand that. Uh, I think the moment that you think you figured everything out or you know what's up with tech is the moment that you are way, way behind. Uh, meaning these are things like, Tech, much like fashion, is never complete. It's always changing. No final just, version. Yeah, you were just you were just mentioning Web three, and like there's a really there's a lot of really interesting stuff going on in tech. I mean, and and that's exactly what they're talking about in Compiler. You can learn more about Compiler at RedHat.com. There is a link in the show notes for that. So, well, you're familiar with Red Hat, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yep, we've used it before. You know, I think and on I the, think. Go ahead. I think one of the keys to being an entrepreneur and, and starting a new business is also identifying the waves, right? And and honestly, things like Web three and and you talk you talk about listening to compiler is being able to identify those those trends and those waves that are happening in whatever industry you're in, right? And being able to spot those and being able to get on to get you know on the front edge of those trends like seeing like okay this thing is going to happen right and i mean that's what i'm trying to do now right i'm trying to think of, okay like web3 and blockchain things like that is like is there you know wh what does that trend look like and is, does it make sense for me to jump on that trend and figure out you know where you know that's a good opportunity a good place to be as an entrepreneur I'm going to put all my money into, into, into time machines so I can go back and, and remind myself that people got rich recently buying and selling JPEGs. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's funny is they're not actually buying or selling a JPEG either. It's a link to a JPEG that even anybody, better, even anybody better. Yeah. could mess and up. We're going to talk about that. We, we, yeah. we got a new series. that's going to pop. We're going to, we're going to explain NFTs. And, and in order to do that, we had to learn how to do it ourselves, which yeah. has actually honestly been fun and interesting. Uh, you know, everything from Matt learning how to code on top of the blockchain to, uh, to me, uh, uh, you know, creating an actual NFT. So stay tuned. We're going to have fun with that. It's going to be a little bit different than the stuff that we've done in the past. Um, and yeah, and you know, that's such an interesting space, but you know, Matt, we are talking about trends and changing, you know, we we're mentioning some of that with the compiler podcast as well. And thanks again to our friends over there that are, you know, doing that is like, you know, this stuff changes. Like there's a lot of stuff that you can wrap your arms around passionately. And, um, you know, when we started full scale, I wasn't inherently passionate about 
providing tech services to other companies. Um, and, you know, that at the same time, I am now because, you know, we, it's what I've been doing like 80 hours a week for four years. So sometimes you can, I think, get around things. The thing that I became passionate about is I love helping other startups and working with peers and people we know. And like, I mean, I'm, I've become friends with a lot of our clients who reach out and say, Hey man, I got a problem I need to solve. I'm not sure how to do it. You know, you got any suggestions? And so there, I mean, I think that the bottom line is, 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 is you can find, a, there's a lot of people out there that need help input advice and you can be involved with a lot of stuff or you can just start another business now uh, one of the things that a lot of people talk about when it comes to tech is bootstrapping and you know there's this bootstrap yep. mentality that a lot of people have and in computer lingo you know booting means starting a computer starting the chain of processes which eventually starts whole operating system now in the work in the world of startups and entrepreneurship you also hear bootstrap meaning like i'm starting this with nothing. Um, I think one thing that I'd like to hear your comments, because you Vince Solutions has a very interesting start that involves you like selling computers and running into a stranger at Sears. And next thing you know, you have a huge exit. And then you had resources to start Stackify where you weren't bootstrapped. Well, like looking back at those things, like what was the big difference? Like, did you, did you, did you have a bootstrap mentality at all when you went back into Stackify? Or are you like, Hey man, I just funded this thing myself. Well, and, and that's, that's part of the problem of, of having a, su a successful exit, right? Is now you have money right. and you can spend it. You like, Hey, uh, I'm going to do this the right way. I'm going to hire a bunch of people. I'm going to hire a marketing person. I'm going to hire a salesperson. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Next thing you know, you're spending 50 grand a month, a hundred grand a month on your little startup idea. Instead of before you have anything to sell or market, yeah. right? Instead of <laughs> yeah. bootstrapping it, where you're like, uh, we don't have any revenue, but we also don't really have any expenses because we are cheap as shit. Right. Where that's that's part of the problem. That's why people fail, right? They think they're invincible. They think they can do this again, and as we all know, things take twice as long as as they as you think they're going to take, right? And there's a lot of uncertainty, and you don't know if your startup idea is going to ever work at all. I, I was talking to somebody on the phone yesterday and there's three of them that are founders and she, and she's going on and on about how, Oh, we've got this partnership and we got this deal and whatever. And it's a worth millions of dollars and da, 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 da. And all sounds great. Like all the hype. And then you ask her, it's like, <clears throat> how many paying customers do you have? Well, none, but we just got this big deal. Da, 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 da. It's so easy to get wrapped up in the hype. You know what I'm going to tell that yep. lady when I meet with her next week, everybody hates your product. Nobody's paying for it. You can keep, yeah. you can keep, you can keep throwing all the hype, but ain't nobody paying for it. Right. And or, or you're a long, or you're a long way away. I mean, I talk about yeah. that a lot of million dollar bedroom, the path to revenue. You've heard me say that like, yeah, the path to revenue is, is, uh, not always clear, you know, and the path to mm -hmm. revenue means like, and with, if you're starting a tech company, it's long, it's and like, that, and that's it, the it dangerous part. Yeah. That's the dangerous part, right? Is is yeah, you just made all this money and you don't want to sink all of your money back back into something again. And that was honestly a mistake that I made, right? Where you're better off use other people's money. Like, yeah, you want to own 100% of the company, but you know what? There ain't nothing wrong with owning 30 or 40% of it and had no risk either. Let's be yeah. honest. Well, we mentioned path to revenue. That was one of the things at Full Scale that was really appealing to us is that 
our path to revenue is a lot shorter. Like, hey, we provide services, here it is, you know, and, and we could generate revenue quickly and and pile it up quickly too, which we ha- certainly have done. And, you know, so some different businesses have different DNA. They have different paths to revenue and stuff like that. Now we're talking about money and revenue, but a lot of reasons that, I mean, for a lot of entrepreneurs and, you know, Matt, I, I, a lot of days I kind of feel like this too. It's, it's not always about money, you know, and I know in business and entrepreneurship, we're driven by that, but it's kind of like I was alluding to earlier, like for a lot of people, especially if you've already got money in the bank, it kind of becomes more, it's more experiential. Like, Hey, yeah. there are things that I want to do, or there's, or really in the end, I think we mentioned that on, well, you we were, ta- you were talking earlier, entrepreneurs want to p- solve problems. So we like to build stuff. Just, we like to accomplish yeah, things. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, the money is know, really I mean, the score. It's not, it's not really what it's all about. Now there are some people where it's all about the money. I've had business partners that were like that. They wanted to ring the bell on Wall Street and have their name in lights and it was all about them and it was all about the money and whatever. But but for a lot of us, it's more about the problem. It's it's about the journey and and we like doing it and and we like building things. Like we're architects, but we're architects of businesses, right? Um and because big companies can't innovate, we can innovate. We can we can take crazy ideas, we can figure out how to get them to market. And it's fun. It's fun to do that, but it's also very risky, but it's in our DNA to do it. You know, one reason that I, that I've seen people start businesses, and I think this is the wrong reason is they want to start something that they're hoping they can hand down to their children. And first off, the the stats on that are terrible, like terrible, like general, like second generation businesses, not good. Like they usually fail. And as a matter of fact, and that's because the passion doesn't exist, you know, like, so I, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of that being the the why of starting a business. I, now, I, I guess we better start a metaverse based company then. Cause aren't our kids going to live in the metaverse? We're already in it. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't informed our employees yet that we, na- that full scale now pays in JPEGs. <laughs> hey, not hey, sure all how you're new- going to feel about that. Yeah, our yeah. our employees live in the metaverse now, and their their payment is uh new clothes in the metaverse and uh um, JPEG new shoes, yeah, JPEG. yeah JPEGs new shoes and PNGs in the metaverse, yeah. <laughs> JPEGs and PNGs. <laughs> oh my god! Which you know, when we were kids, you know, everyone uh, offered to pay you in doll hairs. Um, I'm pretty sure if you have like a billion doll hairs, there's probably a buyer for that. And it probably has quite a bit of value, you know, <laughs> I mean, it, right. Uh, it's crazy. <laughs> but crazy not, world but not, in the, not in the, we might have to do a whole nother series after, about the metaverse. Cause that, that is, it's really funny as I've gotten older, I, I realized, you know, you, uh, so when I was a kid, I remember hearing buy buy real estate, they're not making any more of it. Then the internet came out. <laughs> they literally made more real estate. I mean, it's essentially like what I mean. What's a do, certain domain's worth? You know, that's the and you know. Then it was like, oh well, that's never going to happen again. And now you got the metaverse. So I mean, who knows? Hey, who knows? There is no limit to the amount of property in the metaverse. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think about how we're going. How do you actually record a podcast with a JPEG? Hmm. or an actual well cartoon ai might speak back i just love that and facebook, by the way, it, 
I just love that Facebook thinks the future is the metaverse. Uh, and in their metaverse, people have no legs, which I just don't understand. <laughs> it's just yeah. That's it. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was just for Facebook. You know, for Facebook, did you did you see the big news from Google this week? So which one? So Apple screwed Facebook when they changed their yes. privacy, yeah. their privacy yeah. around ad stuff. And Google announced this week they were going to do the same thing. So all yeah. the power of Facebook, where you can advertise across devices and know what people are doing, and all it's all going away between Apple and and Google. I just think it's hilarious. Poor Facebook. Uh, poor Zuckerberg. He's only got like probably like forty billion now. Um, <laughs> it's rough. I'm still sitting here thinking about how I would interview or to have a conversation for the podcast in the metaverse, and I keep thinking about all the times that in early AI when it went wrong, like when they would like put an AI, like they put an AI on Twitter, and because people are people, it would immediately learn how to be hateful. <laughs> And like have to like turn it off. They're like, okay, this maybe, thing got racist in a hurry. That's terrible. You know, like maybe maybe in the Facebook metaverse, nobody has legs because they didn't want me to accidentally not have pants. Stop it! I don't know. <laughs> At least wardrobes only cost half as much. Uh, yeah. you, I mean, similar to when the pandemic hit, the literally the fashion industry saw a surge in people only buying tops. Yes. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty funny. I bet now with, with things calming down and business getting back to normal for some people, I bet the pants industry is back on fire. So we'll see well, if, if Facebook, that's just another mistake Facebook's making, and, then, I guess. And bringing this back to our, our topic, when I mentioned earlier, it's, it's like as an entrepreneur, we look at all these things, we figure out how do we jump on top of these trends, right? Like yeah. the metaverse and, and the things that COVID changed, like, you know, that that's the things we sit around, like as entrepreneurs, we keep thinking about like, wow, this is changing. This is changing the metaverse. Like, how can I get, how can I be part of this? Right. And I don't know why it's just in our DNA. Why, why do we, why do we want to jump on this shit? <laughs> it's crazy. No, I agree. Well, well, and that kind of brings up the final point. I mean, I think really in the end, why, why do we start startups or keep doing a lot of this stuff is, I mean, it is a way of life. It is a real thing. It's like, I mean, it, it's, when you like what you do and you're passionate about it, it's not work. I mean, I, I have told people for the longest time that my hobby is making money and I haven't worked a day since I just, I made that decision. And it, it is, it is actually true. Cause you know, the thing is, I think when you're fully, com when you're fully committed as an entrepreneur, like I, I, I'm, you know, like, what am I going to do? Am I going to quit tomorrow? Am I going to leave 250 people in the lurch? Like, it is a way of life. And it's a, and, and with that, much like the example of the, of the musician on the stage in front of 15,000 people, I think a lot, I think a lot of entrepreneurs and found, I think a lot of people just miss that just yeah. would just miss the involvement. And, you know, let's, let's get back down to the people component. I mean, you know, I had one of our employees telling me just the other day, like basically thanking me for the positive impact that, the opportunity we've given them at full scale has created and a lot of different stuff. I've learned a lot from you. And you know, the thing is, is like, as I've gotten older, I think that the knowledge transfer thing is honestly just as rewarding as the money. Well, and for sure, we, we, we enjoy the, the work families that we have. Right. And 
you know, that's one of the things I really miss from StackFi, you know, now that StackFi is long gone, right? Like we, we had like a great, you know, coworkers had our own little like work family. And I, at, at the end of the day, I feel like what really makes us entrepreneurs is we're a lot of us are inventors, we're innovators, we, we like to, to do things, we like to solve problems, we like to do things that people say can't be done, right? Like we, it's just in our DNA, I, I feel like, you know, myself as a software engineer, like I relate to being like the weird inventor in the garage, right? That's always tinkering with weird shit and invents, randomly invents weird things, right? And as software developers, we're kind of that way, we, we can innovate and invent and solve weird problems and and then create a business out of it. And that's, that's kind of the, you know, the gold rush of this generation, right? As, as software developers, we can build software, we can build tech companies. And, you know, that's, that's just in my DNA, right? I'm always tinkering. I'm trying to figure out what, what am I going to invent? What, you know, where's there an opportunity to solve a problem with code, with technology, right? And then, then you have pure business people that are like, uh, eh, I just want to make money. Like, how do I, how do I build a product and sell it and build a business out of it? Like, the, the, the invention is great, but we got to take it to market. We got to build a whole business around it. And you have that side of it too. And some people just love to build businesses, right? It's not necessarily about the innovation. It's just they, they like to build businesses, they like to make money. And that's fun too. So once again, today's episode of Startup Hustle was supported by Compiler. That's an original podcast from Red Hat discussing tech topics, big small, and sometimes strange. You can listen to Compiler on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to podcasts. We'll also include a link in the show notes. Many thanks to Compiler for supporting today's episode, which by the way, Matt, is the 799th episode of Startup Hustle. That's insane. Yeah. You know, I had some, I had someone, uh, uh, a lot of people have joined us in Startup Hustle chat and there, I, I mentioned, I had posted something a week ago and we had a new listener and, you know, maybe, uh, maybe we will, uh, they will, uh, he was like, I went all, I'm a new listener. I'm about 25 episodes in. I went back and started from number one. <laughs> I actually speaking about not wanting to start something over. I actually apologized to him. And in the reply, I was like, hey, thank you for the support. And I promise we get better. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I think it's crazy. People started episode one. I'm, I'm honestly, it's on my to-do list to go put a, a, a short disclaimer at the beginning of that. Because I think a lot of people do. I want, rather than it just starting, I want to be like, I, I literally thought it out. I'm like, so you're the person that wanted to go back and start at episode one. Thank you for your optimistic, for your optimism, for your enthusiasm, and for your aggressive belief that you will catch up to our current publishing. I promise we get better. And if you don't, if you think we suck, maybe go forward a couple hundred episodes. I don't know, something yeah. like that. So <laughs> anyway, yeah. so, all right. Well, so Matt, you know what, we're going to do a different founders freestyle today. Cause we're going to, we're going to do it. That's going to, you know, here it is 52 series, all 52. Now, for those of you listening, if you're going, man, how do I get all 52 series, uh, all 52 episodes? We actually have built a link directory um, for that, that we're going to be posting. And we have to now go back and edit 52 show notes to make that happen. But we want to make it easy for you to be able to find those and listen to them in sequence. Also look for, uh, uh, hopefully, by the time this episode's come out, a blog at startuphustle.xyz that also has the 
the, the link directory in it as well. So uh, meaning like we want you to be able to go through it sequentially. So Matt, you know, here we are. Hey, this wasn't a small task, dude. Like no. this was I mean, 52 different instances of recording, uh, planning, thinking it out. Like, I mean, let's start with today's episode and then come back for the series. Well, it's it's been really fun to record all of these and you know, in general, you know, we just, we talked a lot about why we start startups. And and for me as a software developer, I just like solving problems with code. I think it's fun. And, and I love, I love their, you know, working with customers and solving their problems, right? It's just awesome. Just like you talked about working with customers at full scale, right? Like you get to talk to them and they tell you about the problems they have and you're like, oh yeah, our employees can help you solve these problems, right? It's it's awesome. Yeah. And as a developer, I love, you know, dealing directly with the customers, right? They're like, oh, our, you know, how we do this thing is very inefficient or it's slow. And and actually I had a phone call yesterday with somebody like, oh, I, I click this button in my software and it takes two seconds to, and it takes forever. I'm like, oh, I can help you figure out how to make that faster. It's just fun. Like I just enjoy solving problems. And as a developer, it's just, I'm now doing it for 20 years. It's just something I enjoy doing. Uh, it's weird, I guess. I, I think with the, for the, for the freestyle today's episode, I mean, kind of like you, maybe not as much with code because, you know, I, dude, I've, I've been involved in a lot of different businesses. I mean, even at one point a few years ago, and you, you were aware of this, I, I invested in a business that delivered fitness equipment and did yeah. really well with that. And 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 thanks, Charlie. Um, you've met Charlie before. So, yeah. you know, now with that, uh, I'll give you an example. I actually sold him back my shares when full scale really started taking off because, well, I, I, I wanted to be fair to him. You know, I didn't want to just be like the dude that owned 25 percent of a company that, you know, or whatever. So, you know, in some cases, you know, and, and he's done really well. They expanded to three or four or five different cities and and have done really well with that. And I like I like seeing that. And I like and kind of like you, I, I mean, I like I like helping people be do better and, and get better and and I don't know, like find the find live their best life on many days. Um, I don't I really was serious about the lack of desire to be like day one on anything. I, I I've th- I mean, I've thought about that, you know, as I've gotten older. I mean, I'm I'm 40. So for those of you listening, Watson mentioned he's 40. I'm 46. Now I got a lot of good years left to me, at least like 60 or 70 good years. Right. Yeah. 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 I figure with if I make enough money that I can expect a lifespan of at least 200 to 250. We're going right? to probably start replacing different parts of you and making you bionic. I'm going, well, I'm going into the metaverse. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the plan is Matt, there's the problem that's going to solve. He's going to figure out how to <laughs> keep you alive and code me. No, encode me. You're going to turn me into code. So. I mean, it's one thing to chop up a, a Photoshop file. It's going to be a completely different thing to chop me up, Matt. So we'll work <laughs> on that. But, but okay. But, but with that, you know, I think that really in the end of the why you start starts, I just think it's just like it's inherent. You know, it's exciting. It's fun seeing other people. Like if you can help other people get what they want, then you get what you want. And yeah. You know, and that's and that's a big thing. And I think that that's a key ingredient. Now, one of the things you mentioned earlier is a lot of people start things for the money. I don't that that's I, that's not my primary driver. It never has been. I like I want to do stuff and the money is as a byproduct. So many people have asked over the years, what do I need to do to make more money? You need to get really good at something. 
And money's a byproduct of that. You referred to it as the score. I've heard a lot of people say that. Now, um, if you follow me on social, you might have, I just had, I did like, I've been messing around with reels, you know, the little 30 second and 15 second things. And I did a 15 second one that went out to thousands and thousands of people and got a lot of engagement. But financial success is you being, when you're not worried about money and that's different from everyone. So, you know, like, I mean, your exit or your whatever may be really great. It may not. Uh, but one thing I do know is I don't like being worried about money. So as you mentioned, like I think any approach or anything I do down the road would be as a contributor or getting on something that was already going. Anything where I don't have to do the first six months because good Lord, those are the worst too. Yep. It's, it's, uh, right. it's no fun at all. So how about the series, man? You know, this has been a great series, and um, I do hope there's people that go back and listen to all 52 episodes of it for sure. And I think we covered a lot of great stuff along the way. Um, I think some of the most important ones are about the reality of starting a company and how hard it is and how hard it is to identify, you know, product market fit. You know, I, I mentioned this lady I talked to yesterday, and it's like, She's got all the hype and she thinks this and thinks that and sees big stars and, and everything, but has no customers, right? And it's easy to get, you know, sucked into the hype of all of it and, and the excitement of all of it too. But the reality is you got to have revenue, you got to have customers and it's, and it's a long, difficult journey to get to. And she probably hasn't come to the reality of that yet. Um, and I, don't, I might not be so nice and tell her that when I meet with her, but that's the reality that people need to understand. It's like, you, you got to stop believing the hype. And until you've got actual paying customers, you've got a long ways to go. Um, so I, I hope that, um, I hope that we save some people some time and money, um, by the things that they can learn from us. Um, it's a hard, difficult journey. It's worth the journey. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of, uh, excitement. And I don't know why we continue to do it. We're glutton for punishment, as you said. <laughs> um, I'm with you. I'm not really sure I want to go through all of it again. Um, maybe if you have the right team. And then that might be where having founders makes a lot of it easier. Like, oh, I'd rather have three or four founders because it's just so much easier to do all this with, with you know, other partners. Although that brings its own challenges, too. But especially being a solo entrepreneur at the very, very beginning of it is very difficult. Uh, here, here. Now, you know, in regard to the whole series and, you know, 52 parts, I do, I do find it amusing that, um, that, uh, that it, it came a day, a little late. You know, when, when Matt and I, Matt and I started Startup Hustle just over four years ago, and I was in, very actively trying to figure out what I was going to do when I grew up at that point. I was in between companies. I was trying to figure some stuff out. And I, I said, you know, dude, we should do a podcast. He's like, what would, what, what would it be about? <clears throat> and we both kind of talked for a minute and we said, yeah, it shouldn't just be about any success we had. And we very quickly just kind of spitballed. So, you know, I, I've, I, some of my books have had the word realist in the title. I was like, we should just come with a real, real approach. And yeah, well, let's just be real obvious. Let's just tell it like it is. And well, we're going to piss some people off. Who cares? 
you know, because that's going to happen anyway. But we, you know, we created Startup Hustle. It's like we've often referred to this as the real story of entrepreneurship. You know, the second episode one was an intro to Startup Hustle. Episode two was titled Getting Funded Sucks. And I think, you know, like we came out of the box with a lot of reality. And I feel like that's what we did with this series, you know, and I think that and honestly, I'm pretty proud of this this 52 part run because, you know, like I think we hit a lot of stuff that was really important. I think that this couldn't have been done in 10 episodes or couldn't have been no done well. Um, you know, and you look at we go all the way back and, and, you know, there was a lot of thought and preparation that went into this, unlike the first 52 episodes of Startup Hustle, um, you know, but you get back in, into, I feel like this is a pretty comprehensive view and including, uh, you know, some of the episodes were, were lesson related, just kind of like important data. And some of them were soul searching, like literally, why do you want to start a startup? That was yeah. the first of the series check. and what, and what to expect. And, you know, honestly, we probably scared some people off with that. And we were even apologizing at the beginning of the series. We're like, hey, look, we don't want to sound negative. We're just being real with you. And there was someone that left and they're like, these guys are shitting on my dreams. Yeah, we saved you, bro. We saved you because you didn't do it because you weren't ready for it. But I feel like we were really real about it, you know, and and that's, uh, you know, like I said, we're going to. Find a link in this show because it'll be in there by then. And also go over to startuphustle.xyz where we're going to make it real easy to access this particular series. And hopefully you enjoyed the series. I know it was a lot to keep up with and it's mixed in amongst other stuff. But yeah, I think we created something of value here. And I think that, um, you know, I, I, I know that I know because I see analytics. I know a lot of you have been following the series because they're getting above average downloads compared to everything else. So, you know, thanks for the support. And, you know, I think really in the end, your journey's your journey. It's not going to be the same as, as Matt Watson's. It's not going to be the same as Matt DeCourcy's. It's not going to be the same as any of our guests. It's going to be something that you have to figure out and having info input and the people around you that support it, that they're honest with you back to that's, that's what I, I'm always the most proud about, about Startup Hustle is, we don't fuck around, man. Like, I'm just going to tell you how it is and say it how it is. I'm not going to clean it up. I'm not going to tell you something's going to be easy when it's not. And entrepreneurship isn't easy. Hopefully you can use what you learned from this show, the series and all the people that come on it and do something awesome yourself. And when you do reach out, because we, we want, probably want to have you as a guest, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Let's so, talk about it. Did, did you have an episode that stuck out? But by the way, do you know that I, I, I thought this was, there was actually an episode that you weren't on. Oh, really? Yeah. I guess I was so shocked. I was looking back at it and I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. You had to go, you had like a last minute cancel. And for whatever reason, I don't know. I was shocked. There was one, I can't even remember which one it was. Oh, weird. Cause I thought I was look building, building the, the, putting all the links together. And I was like, wait a minute, lots of, yeah, there, I don't know how that snuck in. So yeah, I'm not sure. I, I think one of my favorite topics is is got to be around product market fit. That's something you hear me talk about a lot. I think that's true, one of the most important true. ones. I yeah, go to market strategy, that kind of stuff. Anything involving sales, I I, I enjoy those. I, dude, honestly, I think number two, what to expect as a startup founder. I those are the ones I always like the most. Where Keeping you're just real. like, hey, look, 
sit down for a minute and let me tell you how this shit really goes is to par- compared to how you think it might go. And I think that that's important in life getting, you know, getting people that'll just tell you, they'll just be real about it. And it, you know, it is what it is. Yep. All right, dude. Well, I guess it's on to the next one. We're, you know, tune in soon, like real soon. Cause when you see the episode titled, uh, WTF is an NFT, you know, that that series has begun. <laughs> um, we can't wait. We are going, we are going to take a very candid and hopefully informative view through the world of NFTs, because I know all of you are pretending that you know what that's like, but probably don't, including us. But I'm figuring <laughs> it out, Matt. So I'm gonna get I'm gonna get to work uh, figuring out. Uh, I'm gonna take all the money we've made as entrepreneurs. I'm throwing it back into JPEGs. Sounds like a great investment to me. By the way, don't say that to anyone that's really into NFTs. They get really shitty about it. <laughs> All right, see you, man. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. We do it.